Hey, everybody. You know, Mark and I have over 20 years of experience as therapists and as addicts in long-term successful recovery. We know better than anyone what works and what doesn't to break out of porn and sex addiction, heal betrayal trauma, and reclaim your relationship. And we've poured all of our personal and professional recovery and healing experience into a first-of-its-kind program for addicts, spouses, and couples. We call it Dare to Connect. At least four times every week, we engage with you in real time, in the trenches, giving you the knowledge and the tools to take back your life and relationship. Whatever else you've done on your journey for healing and recovery, you've never done anything like this. You know, Mark and I, we've made all the mistakes, so you don't have to. Don't reinvent the wheel. We all know tomorrow never comes. Look, don't wait one more day to change. Claim your free two-week trial today at daretoconnectnow.com. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. Hey, everybody, Mark and Steve on the PBSC podcast. It is episode 188. Will confronting an addict's acting out partner or partners help me heal? Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Right? Yeah, there is a lot in that question. So the reason we're addressing this is this was actually sent in to us by one of you PBSC listeners. And so I'm going to read that, uh, what was sent in, and then we're going we're gonna to tackle this today. So hi, Mark and Steve. Firstly, I want to thank you for hearing my previous question about my addict partner's, quote, empathy button being broken, close quote. We did a podcast on that. Your podcast really reiterated that we are on the right track. Our disclosure day was with a sex addiction specialist. And we're both in ongoing therapy, working through our individual journeys, as well as our journey together. Love that. Today, I have a question geared more towards my headspace than his. I mentioned in the past email that his preferred, quote, porn, close quote, was interactive messaging and sexting to ex-partners, along with a few physical infidelities with a couple of these women. He openly admitted in the disclosure day that some of the women knew about me, but then when he was asked by others, he flat out lied and told them that there was he wasn't seeing anyone else. This was one of the most hurtful parts of his disclosure. Mm-hmm. I understand that it is not healthy for me to compare myself to these, quote, fantasy women. And while I did start to do that in the beginning, I can quickly catch myself when those thoughts arise now. I do, though, have one thought that keeps coming back. I want these women to know about me. I want him to tell them about me and that I know what they did. I want the ones who don't know about me to also know the truth. And I want him to be able, I want him to be the one to tell them. 
Part of the problem, though, is that we blocked and deleted their numbers, and he also deleted his social media in the early steps of our therapy. So now we have no way to contact them. I'm struggling to understand why I feel the need for them to know. Am I just being vindictive? Am I being petty? Or am I seeking acknowledgement in a situation that made me feel like I just didn't exist? If he does ever get a chance to tell these women, would it even make me feel better? I'd love your thoughts on this if you get a chance. Thanks for all you do. Yeah, no, we really appreciated this uh, being sent in to us, you know, and and really appreciate having a repeat listener come back as always. And it's so good to hear, you know, that this this partner and and her addict spouse are both in therapy, that they're they're working with a sex addiction therapist. We think that that's that's awesome, and are really glad gratified to hear that, um, and that uh, they are finding healing and moving along the path. Um, and I and and honestly, I was really gratified, uh, as I know Mark, you were too, that this topic came in not in the sense that uh you know obviously we take any joy in it because we clearly don't but because this is just a, a it's a topic that comes up a lot that doesn't get talked about nearly enough yeah um, we, actually, we actually do have it come up quite often yeah and it, and it and, it, and i don't I, if we have addressed this on the podcast it's been some time since we have and and so really appreciated her vulnerability because obviously everybody in the world of addiction right when 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 addiction roots itself or betrayal or infidelity or a combination of all those things root themselves roots itself into a marriage it's sort of like an atom bomb going off right in so many different levels everybody's impacted and there's collateral damage everywhere but as is so often the case as we talk about with partners is the clear difference between the, them and the addict is is that they are oftentimes completely unwitting participants in any of this right they truly are the collateral damage and there is so much that that partners are put through and asked to go through that they didn't have any part of. And when you look at this healing journey or process, you know, it make it makes a lot of sense why a spouse would find themselves, particularly when there has been, you know, physical engagement by their by their addict partner with other people, why there is a, a need or a desire or a want to want to be able to in some way confront those people yeah. that were involved, right? And and she talks about two different uh, specifically two different populations, right? Some of these women knew about her and she wants to, this partner is saying, you know, I want them to know about, I I want them to know about uh, me and the pain that I went through, right? And how it's impacted me. And then the ones that never even knew, I want them to know who they were with, right? That he, that they weren't the ones that he was truly choosing, that he was uh, stepping out technically on both of us, right? Me primarily, and and he was being deceptive with them too, mm-hmm. and and so and there are lots of reasons when we work with spouses why and the, which are very understandable why a spouse would want uh, that, you know, and and there's a whole a whole list of of reasons, you know, um, protecting other partners uh, from hurt or betrayal, right? The other, as was indicated, right, uh, spouses that we work with will sometimes say, you know, it's bad enough that I'm hurt by this. But nobody else should be hurt by this either. You know, we need to stop the damage and everybody should be aware of what's gone on and what's been going on. Um, oftentimes, in lots of ways, they're looking for uh, partners looking for validation for their pain. I think that one of the most heartbreaking uh, scenarios that I, I, I see spouses sometimes caught in is when friends or family or other people that are close to the couple who don't know the full dynamics of what are going on are looking from the outside. And so many spouses, they feel misunderstood in the relationship, right? 
they will see the coupleship, for example, show up to family parties and the spouse is really quiet, but because they don't know the dynamics of what's going on, what do they think? Oh, she's just not social or she's just not wanting to engage with us or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever the case is. Right. And so there's so much of a sense, I think, for partners on so many levels of just feeling not understood. Nobody gets me. Nobody gets where I'm coming from. And here I am, you know, in an effort to try to protect my marriage or let it heal. I'm I'm the one who's kind of left even further on the outs in addition to the betrayal by other people not getting me and referencing where I'm coming from and why I'm doing the things that I do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot. And, and there are lots of other reasons, too. Yeah, that's understandable. I mean, I've worked with partners where they say, you know, if I speak up and stand my ground and, and uh, speak my truth and confront these people, maybe these bad behaviors will stop. Maybe that will be enough for my partner to take this serious if if everything's put out on the table. So a very legitimate, you know, hope that this could shake things up and 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 maybe he'll change. Mm, yeah. Um, I find a lot of spouses where, you know what, they've been walking on eggshells their whole marriage. They've been a second class citizen in their relationship, and now they start finding their voice for the first time. Yes. And damn it, they want to go tell people. They want to be heard. I'm tired of keeping his secrets and carrying his yeah. water, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to get that stuff out there. So they find their voice, they stand their ground, they speak their truth. That's part of it. Here's another crazy legitimate one. And boy, it can just, I know this from experience, but this can take over your life. I want justice. Yeah. I want my partner and or their affair partner acting out people to hurt like I am hurting. Mm. Yeah. And that's so understandable that you would feel that, right? It's a, it's a manifestation of just how the bad the pain is inside of, of you. Yeah. You actually brought up an interesting point, Mark. And I, I don't know if I would have put it this way, but I think it's very true. Sometimes for partners, it can almost be, this may not be the best wording for it, but kind of part of a test, right? To see if, if I hold him accountable, if I out him, right? For lack of a better term or, or her or them, you know, is he still going to choose me despite all those consequences? Mm. Right. Is, is he going to lead out? Is he going to finally stand in the light and say, yep, that was me. Yeah, I did that. And I, I'm going to fight for this marriage still. Right. Yeah. Despite those things. Or is he going to continue to gaslight, hide, diminish, rationalize, minimize, you know, blah, 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 blah. Totally. Yeah. It can definitely be a test. Right. Because, yeah. because the partner, she's trying to decide where are we in this relationship and I, am I going to keep pursuing it? Mm. Who is this guy? Right. So that sure. can, that can be a part of it. So, and a lot more we haven't listed, but we just wanted to make sure that we reach out to every one of you partners who are in situations similar to this and just legitimize what you're going through. It it is absolutely normal and ex- and expected and legitimate that you would have these thoughts and many many others. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, our heart our hearts absolutely go out to you. You know, and as we were reading this, I I thought of a I've had some personal experiences in my own life <clears throat> where there's been some significant betrayal and abuse that I that I've gone through. And to just mention one of those cuz I have a really powerful personal experience. I so I had uh, uh my mother was a teenager when she uh was expecting me it was I was kind of it was a shotgun wedding kind of a situation with my biological mm-hmm. dad. And when I was about a year old, he basically disappeared, drug addiction, alcoholism, and he abandoned me as a little kid. 
And for years, I thought, I one day want the opportunity to confront that guy, right? Confront yeah. that jackass and let him know how much he hurt me. And I, and part of my brain said, if I could do that one day, <clears throat> then it would heal me. I would be okay. I would be enough, right? I would have value and worth if I could just confront this sucker. Mm. And unfortunately, I, my mother, because she was so ashamed of her past, she hid him and that whole side of, of his family from me and basically told me they, in essence, didn't exist and she didn't know how to get a hold of them. And they were all just un, you know, un, undiscoverable, unreachable. And I did discover when I was 12 years old that he had died in a car accident. So my ability to ever confront him was gone. Um, when, when, when I found out that that happened and the only reason it did is because his social security checks started showing up in our mailbox because I was his oh, sole gosh. heir. And that's, that's what my mother had to admit that he had been around that whole time. Oh, uh, wow. So, <clears throat> so long story short, years later, when I was in my late thirties or early forties, I was on a random business trip to, of all places to Idaho, right? Who goes to Idaho on a <laughs> On a business trip. I mean, I love Idaho. It's beautiful, amazing, amazing country. No offense to you Idahoans who maybe No, listening. but I was on a just a random trip. I don't even know how I got there. And lo and behold, I discovered through a series of events that I had relatives in this little place in Idaho. And they came to the airport to greet me. Um, my grandmother uh, and an aunt and an uncle. And I'm a pretty tall guy. And these were little tiny people who came. I, I joke and say they came up to my belly button. <laughs> they, I didn't look like I was related them to them at all. But here was the really pleasant, amazing part. They took to me like they had known me my whole life. And they, they hugged me. They told me that, that we've been aware of you your whole life. <clears throat> but your mother requested that we never have any contact with you at all. But through various people that we know who know you, we've been keeping tabs on you. All you, They knew how many kids I had. They knew when I got married. They knew all this stuff. Oh, wow. And it was this wonderful reunion. And I felt so loved and so accepted and so part of something. And here's what really hit me. Through, and the reason I'm telling this story is I thought if one day I could confront that rotten SOB of a father of mine who abandoned me, that I would that I would be okay. What I discovered is is that I looked to all these external sources all my life to feel good about myself, to have worth, to be of value, to be lovable and desirable and all those things, and none of those external sources ever healed me. Mm. They never they never fixed me. And and so that's my greatest concern when I work with partners as you do Steve where they say, you know, all these legitimate, very validated reasons to go pursue his acting out partners and get justice and have my day in court, which is all very reasonable. And we'll talk in a minute about why you would pursue that or not. But I think as I did, if you ask too much of that, if you expect it, when you finally follow through with all of it, you've overturned every stone and now you're sitting in your chair at the end of the day. Yeah, I got those, those buggers. But now all you have left is just you. You're just yes. sitting there with you. And the question you've got to ask is, am I healed having now done that? Am I? Yeah. Okay? Yeah. No, I, I love what you're saying. And it's a great experience to hail from. We do see this with partners all the time, right? There's, 
you know, one of the things that we work on with addicts is that we will, one of the initial parts of the process is helping an addict to understand that one of the many things that causes and keeps a guy stuck in addiction is a perpetual expectation of and a perpetual lack of fulfillment around what they think acting out is going to do for them. Mm -hmm. Right. In terms of escape, in terms of numbing out, in terms of all the other things, the reasons why we do versus what actually happens in a lot of different ways. And in other words, we, what we see is that, you know, men, one dimension of, of a guy struggling with sexual compulsion is that he is looking to sex to provide him with things that it was never designed to prevent, provide. Right. Um, Rather than rather than this list of things that you know that 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 sex and sexuality can provide in a healthy, sustainable way in one's life as a part of all these others, what do addicts do? We look to sex to do everything for us, right? Emotionally regulate us, connect us with everybody and everything, right? I mean, all these yeah, take these away our shame, uh, make our lives not so hard, uh, make up for failures. Yes, okay. emotionally medicate, right? Yeah. All these different things. And, and in many ways, I think that partners, again, not, there's not a corollary here to addiction, but that same kind of a thinking error is at play where somebody who has been through betrayal and has experienced these things and has a response like what this partner who submitted this, uh, this inquiry into us is, is feeling is that, and, and I can connect with many personal sides of this too, just like Mark did in the sense of oftentimes we will look to that accountability right or to that sense of justice or to that sense of right of right and wrong and we look to that and we say well if i could do x y or z and expose x y or z things that's what will fix this right that's what will rectify this that's what will make me whole and 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 we want to be careful cuz we're going to talk about this on the solution side here in a minute it's not that that can't and shouldn't be in many cases a part of the process absolutely without question Right, because accountability, especially on on the direct partners' end, is 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 in many ways critical for the healing of the relationship. But uh, oftentimes, what we do see is that many partners in that same vein are looking to that as saying, "Well, I can't. I am broken because these things aren't done, or this hasn't happened. And until I can get a hold of these women, right, or until my partner talks to them in such and such a way." or he confesses his his quote-unquote sins or whatever in such and such an arena, then I can't be whole. And, and what we find time and again is that, again, even though that can be a part of the healing journey, too often spouses look to that to, again, provide what it can't provide. Right. right? Kind of looking at it as the, the whole answer or the thing that will finally make me, you know, make me complete and, and I'll, I'll feel okay after this happens. Yes. And I just see so many times that there's just such disappointment when there's, when that expectation is in place, right? We're asking of something that which it really can't deliver. Mm -hmm. And here's where I see that it gets really desperate, <clears throat> where I have all these expectations that once I go through this whole process, confront all these people, I have my day in court, all the, you know, justice is served. He's really been put out into the big, bright spotlight. After all that is done. If I'm then there with myself and I still feel the wounds and the hurt and the pain and the damage after having done all that external stuff, now is when I see people get really desperate. If that didn't fix it, now where do I go? 
Yeah. Oh crap. I thought that that would be the answer. And sometimes sure. I'll come to you and say, Mark, I feel worse than ever. Yes. Now what do I do? And that's a really good point because we're going to kind of move as we move into the the end 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 of this as we kind of shift towards the solution here, right? That is a real risk. And that is a piece of this because sometimes there are many cases, I can think of several personal examples we don't have time to go into, where pursuit of justice on that end um, or or resolution through that means, right, through that lens of accountability to that extreme not only can it not provide fully what we are looking for, but oftentimes that can come with unintended consequences mm. and costs, right? Yes. That in many ways may outweigh our actual authentic goals. Yes. I agree. So, like, and we want to be very clear here. We're, we're not in any way saying that these, that, that you should not be pursuing accountability, you know, where people oh, should yeah, have no, the answer no. for their, for their bad choices. Right. All of those things absolutely are a part of this, but notice I said they are a part of this. Yes. It's when they become the whole that this, this really starts to become a big, big challenge. So yes, yeah. they're part of it, but what about the rest of the process? Absolutely. What's happening right. along with these things? Like we could give a case in point scenario, right? About this, oh, this whole idea of, you know, does that, would that violate my own authenticity in other ways that aren't intended? So I'll give you a common scenario because I've seen this play out more than once. I know Mark has similar experiences. Let's let's take an example where uh, where uh, a guy that we're working with, uh, quote unquote addict. He may or may not be an addict, right? But we'll just call him an addict for the sake of the example. He's he's had an affair partner, right? And so he discloses that to his partner as a part of uh, of of a disclosure. Hey, this is what happened. This is what I did, and she demands for various reasons or asks or, or requires, maybe is a good way to put it that, Hey, if we're going to go on, then you need to call her up or I need to call her up and, and get their partner on the phone. Right. Yep. And make yep. sure that they know exactly what happened. Right. Which again, it's, I can, I can, and I know Mark can really connect with a lot of the feelings that might feel for all the reasons we talked about, right. Why that might be very alluring or tempting or might be something that we look to. Am I and, to, you might just say that's right. Sure. Sure. And, and, and we might, but, but if we play this scenario out a little bit, right. What we have, what I'll give you an example. This is a real time example, by the way, of a, of a client that I'm thinking of specifically where this happened. So they went ahead and they went, they pursued that, right. They went through that process. And this woman that I was working with, by the way, even though she was in a lot of pain and a lot of hurt for the betrayal, very sweet, very kind, very loving person. You know, it's not her nature to be damaging people or hurting people. She's wanting healing for her. But what happened was in the pursuit of this and her demand for that, what actually ended up happening was that, yes, the wife did get involved. This this affair had been several years back, right? Um, actually, in this case, it was prior to her getting, uh, prior to the, the, uh, the guy that this is getting confusing. The affair partner prior to them be getting in their own committed relationship, right? What happened was, is they ended up pursuing that, sharing that information, and it ended up causing severe, I don't know what happened in the long term, but it ended up causing severe discord in that other marriage, right? So what happened was this woman in this pursuit of, again, this quote, justice, and I want to protect, you know, this woman's partner from being hurt the way that I was. What actually ended up doing is introducing in an unhealthy and unanticipated way a whole set of dynamics 
that didn't apply to the relationship even in the first place, but that now we're violating and causing a potential for the for this other relationship, right? That wasn't even around when these things happened to potentially fail. Mm. Right. And that's just one way in which that yeah. kind of thing can play out, which for her, and this is the reason why I'm saying this is it's not, we're not bringing this example up to say, hey, that's wrong. Don't do that. For her, she ended up really feeling a lot of buyer's remorse. Oh, yes. Because her authenticity was, well, I wanted him to be accountable. And I wanted to quote unquote, you know, using Mark's example, have that day in court. I didn't want to ruin her marriage. Right. I didn't want to ruin her current relationship. And now that's what's looking at happening. Mm. Right. So just well, one it, example of where that can go. And it really, so if we, if we talk about, you know, okay, so where's, where does the rubber meet the road on all this? Right. Yes. So, so now what? And so we want to give you just some quick, some quick items for thought. If you're in a position where you're thinking about something like this, right. Where pursuing confrontation absolutely can be a legitimate and and often a healthy part of the healing process to go through all this confrontation and you know this justice aspect it's really important before you you know charge out and do that that you ask yourself some very important questions so first of all what am i hoping will happen as a result of this confronting what am i looking to gain yeah. You need to be very clear as you, in fact, we would encourage you to journal this out. What am I hoping that this will do? What are my motives? What's my intention? What is this about for me? It's really important to get that in writing so you can look at it. Right? So that's one of the things you're going to want to do. Absolutely. Um, another question, would doing all of this truly, and we, we emphasize the word truly, provide me with what I'm looking for? It's truly going to give me what I need at my core. In what ways would it do that or not do that? Yes. Other uh, other questions that they should be asking, Steve? Yeah, I, I'm just sitting here kind of pausing. Sorry for the pause. I'm just yeah, no kind worries. of pondering in my mind. I mean, the and I guess it's not even a question question you know it's it, it, like we're talking about you know would the ends justify the means we've kind of already talked about that because there can be lots of impacts to 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 these kinds of decisions right and you do need to be aware of that i mean for example we live in a digital age as it's often said and many people have heard this before if something shows up on the internet whether it's visually or not plan on it being there forever mm, true right we live in an age now where uh people lose their jobs because of things that show up in the news, even when they're not, you know, really true. Um, and you have to be careful in that digital age because it can come along with a lot of unintended consequences. Yeah. Right. As a spouse, for example, I have to weigh, you know, what are the legal risks to what we're talking about here? There may be legalities involved, right? There could be impacts to one's own financial well-being. I have seen that play out before mm -hmm. where a spouse wanted to pursue accountability his company gets wind of what happened. The person happened to work for the company. Both of them get fired. Yeah. And so now here we are and she's, she's gotten this quote unquote accountability, but he's his Now their financial well-being is in, in jeopardy. Yeah. Right. So there's lots of ways that that can happen. But I think at the end of the day too, the other probably most important part for this um, is recognizing that kind of taking us full circle back to the beginning here is this idea of 
where will healing really come from and being really realistic about that and the expectations that we have. You know, right now in our Dare to Connect program for addicts, spouses, and couples, um, we, you know, we meet every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And today is Mondays are at our, our addict sessions. And, and it's the beginning of a new month. One of the things that we do in the program is we try to provide a really unique uh, blend that you really can't find anywhere else of, of a structured program, but also tailoring the program to the needs of kind of who's currently subscribed to it. Yeah. And so right now, given some current climate and things, what we're working on is we've just wrapped up some months on codependency is looking at, at things through this lens of where does the, where does the, you know, quote rubber meet the road in terms of my own responsibility for my own healing? Yeah. What parts of my healing am I delegating out to other people or in some ways, maybe even playing the victim to what, in what ways am I looking to other people to provide healing or support or growth on my end that only I can cultivate? Right. And, and we're, and so we're doing a lot of that work with addicts and, and partners right now. And that same concept applies here, right? There, and, and oftentimes it's through that lens of fairness. We call it the fallacy of fairness. It's a thinking error that we talk about oftentimes in Dare to Connect. Um, we, we sometimes will operate through this lens of fairness. Well, he hurt me. So now he needs to hurt, right? Or he needs to be the, he's the one who caused all this. So he needs to be the one to fix it. But as we so often talk about, unfortunately, what we can break many, in many cases, we can't fix when it comes to traumatizing other people. Right. Right. And the damage that we cause. And that, and that is terribly unfair. <laughs> it's like the epitome of unfairness, right? But trauma, as we talk about and dare to connect and on here is, is a one-way street. And so right now this week, we are starting off the month as we go through this lens of personal accountability. And we hope that you guys will join us. We'd love to have you come join the program if you feel like you struggle with topics like that or want to level up your recovery, dare to connect now.com is the place to go to grab a two week free trial on that. We'd love to have you join us um, again. That's dare to connect now.com. But um, one of the key elements to this healing process is having a very clear understanding of in what ways can my partner provide me with what I need, but also even though it's not fair, even though it's not just what are the parts to this that only I can do. Mm. What are the parts to this that my, as much as I may want, or maybe even feels like it would be fair for the, for his affair partner, right? For him to provide me at the end of the day, will those things will pursuing these actions really provide me what I am looking for? Yeah. Because if they don't, the only thing more tragic for, I, I think, and I, I think Mark would agree for a partner who has been through all of these horrible, awful things that so many of you amazing partners have been through is to then be further stuck by being attached to unrealistic expectations around your your uh, healing partner's actions that create concessions where or limitations to your own healing because now you are limited to in how much you can grow based on their growth. Right. That's tragic. Yep. Absolutely tragic. And we want we want the spouses that we work with and all of you listening to be liberated from that. So whether it's D to C, whether it's here. Uh, that's what we want for you the most. So making sure that you just have that very realistic perspective of that. Um, Dare to Connect can be a really great place for figuring that out. Uh, personal therapists can do the same thing. But making sure that you're journaling about that, like Mark said, that you're bouncing that off the right people, that you're really contemplating the, the decisions that you make in this kind of area and make sure that you have a really clear understanding of who is responsible for what so that you can get the healing that you need and that you deserve. You didn't ask for this. And you don't need to stay stuck. Exactly. So. 
Yep. So there's so much of what we talked about today. Partners are absolutely legitimate. It's absolutely understandable feeling this way. And, and we're not saying that you wouldn't want to pursue all of these, um, you know, paths of justice and equity and my day in court and people, you know, being accountable and paying for what they've done. All we're saying is, please, please be sure that it is only a part of the holistic overall healing process, right? We, we encourage every one of you listening, have, have a whole puzzle of, of healing. One piece of that puzzle being these things we've talked about today, but what does the rest of your healing process look like? Mm. Can you heal and be whole and have peace and be fulfilled and have a happy life based on you pursuing this holistic approach that is not, not connected to what he does or doesn't do or who he tells or doesn't tell, right? Those are important aspects, important aspects, but only one piece of your over overall healing and well-being puzzle. And that's what mm. we so wholeheartedly encourage you to be pursuing. Yes, absolutely. So with that, uh, thank you for being with us here on PBSE and uh, love all of your uh, participation, the questions you send in. If you ever want to send in something for us to address, send it into pbsepodcast.com. And again, if you want to join us over to D2C to go into these things in great depth that we do four times a week, uh, come on over to daretoconnectnow.com. Would love to see you over there. Absolutely. All right. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. Everything expressed on the PBSE podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.